0: This message I'm going to be preaching this morning, this one may seem pretty simple and pretty elementary, but I think this type of message is needed so much in this day and age because um, our generation and our culture that we live in now, they really struggle with this and really have a hard time. I think now more than ever we struggle with this. And this is basically what I want to talk to you about this morning. Is about places where God will speak to you. It's allowing God to speak to you. We have a God that wants to talk to us, that wants to communicate with us, and it is very difficult for Him in this day and age. I mean, just look at our society and our culture. We, I mean, we are just a go, go, go people, aren't we? We're always on the go. We've always got stuff going on. I mean, even when we're driving down the car, we're listening to radio, listening to music, you know, when we're in our house, we've got TVs going. We've got distractions everywhere. And people are almost incapable anymore of sitting still, paying attention, and listening for the voice of God. I mean, we've talked about this before. People today, especially younger people, really struggle to sit and read black words on white paper. It's hard for them to do that. And most churches now, if you go into them today, I mean, they've got all the, they've got these fancy light shows and the, all the screens with all the cool graphics and things on it. And they do all that because that's the only way they can keep, get people's attention. And I'm not saying all of that's bad, but I am saying that we live in a society today and have a culture and a generation that doesn't, is not hearing the voice of God and really struggles. To drown the other things of this world out, so they can actually hear God speak to them, and that's what you need more than anything. I mean, we need God to speak to our hearts. God wants to speak to you; He wants to communicate with us, and it is very difficult today. But I want us to look in the Bible, and we're going to mainly we're going to stay in the life of Samuel. Okay, I love Samuel; he was an amazing individual. Before we get into our uh, the main passage I want to read, I just want to give you a few facts about Samuel because I do. I, I like Samuel. He's an interesting character. But First Samuel 2.11 says, And Elkanah went to Ramah to his house, and the child did minister unto the Lord before Eli the priest. But Samuel ministered before the Lord, being a child girded with a linen ephod, and the child Samuel grew on and was in favor both with the Lord and also with men. Okay? Notice what it said there about Samuel. He was in favor with the Lord and also with men. It said this about him as a young child. And there's great significance in that because in Luke chapter 2, verse 52, talking about Jesus as a child, notice what it says about him. And Jesus increased in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and man. So, I mean, that's pretty good. The exact... Same description it gave of Jesus Christ growing up is the one it gave of Samuel growing up. That's a pretty good compliment, don't you think? So I mean that. I mean that's as good of a compliment as you can get, right there. The same thing said about Samuel was said years later about Jesus Christ as a child. But Exodus um, chapter tw- um Well, we're not going to get into that one yet. First Samuel chapter sixteen. I love this passage. First Samuel chapter sixteen. This is about Samuel. It says, And Samuel did that which the Lord spake and came to Bethlehem. This is when he was going to anoint David to be king. And the elders of the town trembled at his coming and said, Comest thou peaceably? Notice when Samuel showed up, everybody got scared. I mean, they're, they're trembling. Can you imagine that? I mean, that shows the reputation that Samuel had. He was somebody that if he came in and he prophesied something, they knew it was going to happen. And they just saw him, and they're thinking, "What did we do?" And boy, when he said, "I'm here peaceably," you know, I can just, you see the relief. Who, you know, what we really thought we were in trouble. But that's the kind of reputation he had. Not because he was a violent man. You don't ever see him going around killing people and things like that. It was just he was a godly man. He was a man of God, and. I don't know if they'd been doing stuff they weren't supposed to do, but he he was there for a specific mission. So so just you know interesting stuff about Samuel, and uh, and then but let's go to First Samuel chapter three. Now, you may remember his mother, Hannah, she was not able to have children. And she prayed and she promised God. She said, if you will give me a son, I will give him back to you. I will let him serve you. And so Samuel, in that one passage we read, we see that he was serving in the temple. I mean, that was a great privilege. And serve God from the time that he was weaned until the day he died, this man served God and God started speaking to Samuel at a very young age. And we see in 1 Samuel chapter 3, verse 1, it says, "...and the child Samuel ministered unto the Lord before Eli, and the word of the Lord was precious in those days, and there was no open vision. And it came to pass at that time, when Eli was laid down in his place, and his eyes began to wax dim that he could not see. And ere the lamp of God went out in the temple of the Lord, where the ark of God was and Samuel was laid down to sleep. I want you to notice the significance of what's going on here. It talks about how you know the Word of the Lord was precious in those days. And it doesn't mean that the people treasured the Word of God. It meant that it was very rare. There wasn't a whole lot going on. There was no open vision. There were no prophets during that time really doing anything. And we are c- coming out of the time of the Judges when you read the book of Judges, Israel did horrible For years. And this was a dark time. And then you'll notice that it mentions the lamp of God went out. And I want you to look over at Exodus chapter 25, or 27, Exodus chapter 27, and you'll notice the significance of this. Now, Eli, he's the high priest. You know, Eli, he's a descendant of Aaron. He's a high priest, a very important role. And one of their main jobs that they had, Exodus 27, verse 20. And thou shalt command the children of Israel that they bring thee pure oil olive beaten for the light to cause the lamp to burn always. In the tabernacle of the congregation without the veil which is before the testimony, Aaron and his sons shall order it from evening to morning before the Lord. It shall be a statute forever unto their generation on behalf of the children of Israel." We see that that lamp that was inside in that tabernacle... It was supposed to be burning all the time. And Eli let it go out. You know why? Because during this time, you know, Israel, they weren't close to God. God wasn't speaking to them. They weren't listening for the voice of God. They were taking the things of God carelessly, and the high priest let he let the lamp go out. Oh, no big deal. No big deal. But I believe when this happened. I believe this upset God very much. And when you read on, you'll see later where Eli and his sons were absolutely wicked. God ended up killing them because of their wickedness. And you may remember the story. Eli, he died. He was a very heavy man. When he heard about it, he fell backwards from his seat and he broke his neck and died. God wasn't pleased with Eli because he didn't even restrain his sons. They made people hate the sacrifices of God. I mean, this was a wicked time. For Israel. And so, the lamp of God goes out. And notice when that happens, Samuel, he's asleep. And then verse 4, that the Lord called Samuel and he answered, here am I. So now we see God speaking to Samuel. He hears his voice in an audible way this time. Here am I. And he ran to Eli and said, here am I, for thou calledst me. And he said, I called not. Lie down again. And he went and lay down. And the Lord called yet again, Samuel. And Samuel arose and went to Eli and said, Here am I, for thou didst call me. And he answered, I called not. My son, lie down again. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord, neither was the word of the Lord yet revealed unto him. And the Lord called Samuel again the third time. And he arose and went to Eli and he said, Here am I, for thou didst call me. And Eli perceived that the Lord had called the child. Therefore Eli said unto Samuel go lie down and it shall be if he call thee that thou shalt say speak lord for thy servant heareth so Samuel went and lay down in his place and the lord came and stood and called as at other times and Samuel and then Samuel spake answered speak for thy servant heareth And then we'll see God gives him a message. I like what God says in verse 11. And the Lord said to Samuel, Behold, I will do a thing in Israel at which both the ears of every one that heareth it shall tingle. And that day I will perform against Eli all the things which I have spoken concerning his house when I begin. I will also make an end. And if you go on and read the story, you know Eli, he wanted to know what God said. And and he's asking Samuel and telling Samuel to tell him in a way like he's scared because it's like Eli knew what he had done. I think Eli knew it wasn't a coincidence that God spoke to Samuel right after he let that lamp go out. I think that scared him a little bit. And he knew he was in trouble, and Samuel and Samuel told him everything, but one of the things that we need to do, we need I mean, we got to do that. God wants this from us, okay? If you're saved, if you're his children, he wants to speak to you. And you need to be listening. We need to listen for the voice of God. In everything you do as a church, we need to pay very close attention and we need to try to follow the Holy Spirit's leading in things. In your own life, God wants to guide and direct you in your life. He wants you to be open and He wants you to be listening for His voice. And first thing we need to understand before we get into this, because we're talking about listening to the voice of God, But one thing you've got to understand is that God will never, ever tell you to do anything that contradicts His Word. Look at 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 3. Before we get into these things and the ways God speaks, I want you to notice some things because, you know, I've had people tell me God told them to do some pretty goofy things before. And God will never tell you to do anything that contradicts His words because you listen, you know, you listen, you might get some feelings. You might even hear some voices, but it doesn't necessarily mean it came from God. And 2 Corinthians 11, verse 13 says, "...for such are false apostles, deceitful workers, transforming themselves into apostles of Christ, and no marvel, for Satan himself is transformed into an angel of light. Therefore, it is no great thing if his ministers also be transformed as the ministers of righteousness whose end shall be according to their works." Okay, so understand that Satan and his ministers can appear to be ministers of righteousness just because somebody comes along and does some great things. We know when the Antichrist comes that he's going to perform miracles and he's going to do many wonders. And you know what? I guarantee you these miracles that he does, he's probably going to be doing good things for people. He might go heal some people that are sick. I mean, he. I mean, and people are going to listen, but. To, they're going to listen to that, but the Bible says Satan can do that. He, his ministers can transform themselves into ministers of righteousness. And so the way that we're, we know, the way we can find out if something is real, if it's of God is does it line up with his word. And that's why it's so important we stay in the word. First or Galatians chapter 1 verse 6, I marvel that you're so soon removed from him that had called you into the grace of Christ unto another gospel, which is not another but there be some that trouble you and would pervert the gospel of Christ. But though we or an angel from heaven preach any other gospel unto you than that which we have preached unto you, let him be accursed. As we said before, so say I now again, if any man preach any other gospel unto you than that which he have received, let him be accursed. For do I now persuade men or God? Or do I seek to please men? For if I yet please men, I should not be the servant of God. So understand that. I want to get this clear right from the beginning. If what you feel God is speaking to you about, if it doesn't line up with His Word, it's not God speaking to you. Okay, God's not going to tell you that you can murder your wife. Okay, he's not going to tell you, you know, you can throw your kids in the river. He's not going to t- I mean, it, people do, they say, come up with some weird stuff. Oh, the Lord told me, and then just blame God for crazy things. Okay, God is not going to do that. So just remember that. But at the same time, God can speak to your heart, and he speaks to us in many different ways, and he speaks to us in many different places. And one of the ways, one of the places where God speaks to people often is in the church. In the church service, through the preaching of the word, we see this first time that God spoke to Samuel, it was when he's in the temple of the Lord. Okay? Now I know our body is the temple of the Lord now, but at the same time, I do believe that the church building, it is a special place, okay? This place is something that you know, this room that we're in right now, it is it serves a specific purpose, okay? We come here. This is where we sing praises of God. This is where we worship God. Where the preaching of the Word of God goes on. It's a special place that we've reserved for use for Him. Okay? We're not going to take the pews out of here and let people come in here and have you know, dances and things and you know receptions where there's drinking. We're not going to do that in the house of God. Okay? This is, I understand our body is the temple of God, but this place is special. And you know what? God speaks to people in church all the time. He'll do it through the preaching of the Word of God. Maybe something that you're dealing with in your own heart and life. Maybe, something, maybe a question that you've had. Something you've been struggling with. Something you haven't told anybody about. You didn't tell the preacher about it, but all, just so happens the preacher preaches about it that week. Okay, What's going on? God is speaking to you. Okay, he does that through the preaching All the time, I can't tell you how many times when I've been dealing with different things in my life, and I've been to church. I just went to church, and a message was preached, and it was exactly what I needed. How did that happen? God was speaking to me. He can use. He'll use the preacher. Sometimes it will be. It won't even be on the subject that the preacher's preaching about. Maybe it'll be for some random verse that he read. Maybe something that he says, and I don't know. Just makes a light bulb come on. And you know the thing is when that happens it's usually when you're listening when you're paying attention. I've had people before come to me and, and tell me about, you know, "Man, that message helped me so much. I was wondering about this," and they'll talk about what they are dealing with and what they're wondering about and I'm like, "How did my message help you in that area?" That wasn't what I was preaching about. But they act like it was. You know why? Because it wasn't me that was speaking to them. God was speaking to them through that message, and they learned something completely off, different than maybe what I was trying to teach. And you know what happened? They were listening for the voice of God, and God does it in church all the time. This is one place where you can go, and for an hour, you know, you're not on your cell phone, you're not listening to the radio, you're not watching the TV. You know, where you can just get away from distractions. We don't do that as a society anymore people rarely are anywhere for an hour with no distractions we just we don't do that and this is one place where we're kind of focused on the same thing and as a group and it helps a lot and God will speak to you in church also God will speak to you in your Bible reading first Samuel chapter 3 verse 21. It says, and the Lord appeared again in Shiloh, for the Lord revealed Himself to Samuel in Shiloh by the Word of the Lord. You know how many times I've just been doing regular Scripture reading, just you know reading through the Bible, and it just so happens that day that I was reading the Bible, the Lord gave me something that helped me later on. Maybe when I was talking to somebody. Maybe when I was witnessing to somebody. I mean, just yesterday, you know, one of the questions... Ms. Barth, your daughter asked me. Just happened to be what we had been talking about in Sunday school. And so I got to look like I really knew what I was talking about in that subject because I, I just studied for that. I just prepared for that. How did that happen? Well, I didn't know that question was going to come up, but God did. And help me out. And that's why we need to study our Bible. I wonder how many times we've been stumped before when somebody asks us a question. If we'd have been in our Bibles that day, we'd have been ready for the answer. I wonder how many times we missed it. I wonder how many times maybe we would have been able to answer a question or we would have had the answer for a question we had in our own life, but we missed church today before. And God had the message ready that we needed, but we weren't there to get it. And the truth is, I think we miss a lot of opportunities because we're not in the Word of God like we're supposed to be. And this is God's Word is where He's going to speak to you the clearest. I mean, it, this is God's Word. The answers are here. And we've just got to get in it. And He will reveal things to you. He will He will show you truth. And He will speak to you through it. And I'm telling you, it's it's sometimes it is so personal. There's been times I've been reading the Bible, and I'll see a I'll, a verse will pop up in there. And I'm like, sometimes I'm like, I think God put that in the Bible just for me. I mean, it's something that is so you know random. It's so specific. I can't imagine anybody else needing it for anything else except for. You know, we all think our situation is unique and we're the only one that's ever experienced what we're experiencing. All right, don't we? We all think that way. Let's just admit it. But the truth is, sometimes, I, I mean, it, the Bible has felt that personal to me. Like, God put that verse in the Bible because He knew I was going to need it one of these days. Nobody else has probably ever needed that but me. And I know that's not true, but that's how I feel. That's how personal the Bible feels to me sometimes. So God speaks that way. God also speaks to us in prayer listen I know this is this is real simple isn't it you know go to church read your Bible pray it's real simple but there's a specific purpose for these things God wants to speak to us and I'm telling you people just don't do it these days. The Bible says we're supposed to be to pray without ceasing. We should always be in an attitude of prayer just ready to pray that ought to be our first instinct when we have a need when we have a problem to go to God in prayer and in first Samuel chapter 8 verse 6, in chapter eight, the people they came to Samuel and they're like, "Give us a king. We want a king to be like all the other nations." And one of Samuel, he's often referred to as the last of the judges. Now his sons were also judges, but they weren't like Samuel. They didn't follow God like he did, and they they weren't good guys. So I guess you could say Samuel was the last good judge but he was the one that God gave one of the people to follow. And the people came and they said, we want a king. And I think Samuel kind of took it a little personal because he you know, he's the judge at that time. He's the one that God wanted there. He was the one that had the job. I mean, how do you think I would feel if you are like, you know what? We want somebody else for a pastor. You know? <laughs> right, you know, all right. That's not going to make you feel real good, is it? Now, that wouldn't make me feel real good. and it didn't make Samuel feel real good. and it says, but the thing displeased Samuel because here's the thing, the people were wrong in asking for a king. Samuel was right. He was the one that was supposed to be king. Israel was wrong in demanding a king. And when they said, give us a king to judge, it says, and Samuel prayed unto the Lord. He didn't just he didn't just lose it on him. Say so let me tell you something. I'm the judge around here. I'm the one, and I'm, I'm a good judge. And you know what? Y'all are stuck with me. Anybody that doesn't like it, I got a sword, and I know how to use it. You know, he, he could have done that, but you know what? The Bible says he prayed unto the Lord because you know he needed help right then. Okay, I don't know how many of them there were. Maybe there's too many of them for him to beat with the sword. And so he he prays and listen. The Lord speaks to Samuel. The Lord said unto Samuel hearken unto the voice of the people and all that they say unto thee. For they have not rejected thee, but they have rejected me that I should not reign over them. Notice how Samuel, he's he's taken this the wrong way. He's taken this very personal. And Samuel, I think, had he not prayed, I I think he'd have fought him on it and said, no, I'm, I'm going to do it. I don't know. maybe. Knowing Israel, they might have killed him. I mean, that's how wicked they were. They were determined that they were going to get a king. That's what they wanted. But he prayed and God said, go ahead and do it. And then God, knowing what was in Samuel's heart, He said, don't take this personal. This isn't a rejection of you, Samuel. This is a rejection of me. I'm going to give them a king. And God gave them a king. Not because it was what God wanted. Sometimes God gives us what we want, and even though it's not good for us, even though it's not going to make us happy, and we—that's why we need to do like Christ and say, "Lord, not my will, but thine be done." Okay, we should want God's will over our own will, because your own will is not going to make you happy, and Israel's own will did not make them happy. And if you read on in the story, God told—you know—Samuel said, "Tell them." what it's going to be like when they have a king. And Samuel told them, this is what a king is going to do. And you know what? Every one of those things happened. And even after Samuel told them that, they're like, that's fine. Give us a king. We want to be like all the other nations. And you know what? They were like all the other nations, weren't they? When the one when the king was good, the nation did good. When the king was bad, the whole nation did bad. And that was not not a good setup. It was not what God wanted. But notice, so Samuel might have saved his life right here because instead of just getting mad and doing what he felt like doing, taking it personal, he stopped and he prayed. Boy, how many situations do you think we could have gotten ourselves out of if we had just stopped and prayed instead of just telling somebody off, instead of just fighting? say you know, listen, you know, before I punch you in the nose, I'm going to pray about this and I'm going to see if this is okay. You know, maybe how many. Uh, arguments between husbands and wives would have been stopped. Honey, before I really tell you off right now, I'm going to go to the Lord and pray about this and see if that this is what I should do. <laughs> I probably would have, You probably would not have stuck your foot in your mouth as many times if you did that type of thing, would you? And we would, we would avoid so many mistakes if we would just pray before we do some of these things. But we don't even give God a chance to speak to us. We just go and we act on things and then we get in trouble, and then we're like, Lord, what happened? Lord, why did you allow this to happen to me? You're like, well, I wanted to stop you, but you weren't listening. You didn't, you didn't pay any attention, you didn't ask, and we've got to learn to listen for the voice of God in prayer. And listen, praying, that's not just you acting like a little kid sitting on Santa Claus's lap, running down a whole list of things that you want. Dear Lord, give me this, give me, that, give me that. Give God a chance to speak to you in your prayers. Take your time. Say what you had to say. And you know what? Just meditate for a little bit. Alright? Just give God a chance to say something. And we don't do that. We run through our list and then we move on. There, I prayed. There, I asked. Now the Lord's supposed to answer. Well, you know what? Maybe he had an answer. That wasn't necessarily what you wanted, but you don't know because you didn't give him a chance to speak to you. Okay, and it's a two-way thing. You've got to, you need to speak to God, but you need to let Him speak to you too. And He does it when we pray. Samuel didn't just say his prayer and then say, "All right, who's who's coming after me first? He didn't do that. He prayed and gave God a chance to speak to him, and God told him what to do, and it probably saved his life. But so then, so. God speaks to us in church and Bible reading and prayer, but also even just in life situations, just in the things that we experience in our everyday life. First Samuel chapter sixteen, verse seven, uh, this is when uh, this is when Samuel showed up in Bethlehem to anoint David King, when everybody got scared, when the elders are trembling, and he shows up, and you remember the story, they bring Abinadab. Jesse's oldest son, and he looks at Abinadab and he's like, surely this is the king. I mean, this guy looks like a king. And you'd think Samuel would have learned from Saul because Saul was the one that looked like a king. Head and shoulders above everyone else. And he's thinking, this is it. This is the king. But then notice what God says to Samuel. But the Lord said unto Samuel, look not on his countenance or on the height of his stature, because I have refused him for the Lord seeth not as man seeth. For man looketh on the outward appearance, but the Lord looketh on the heart. And then you notice, the one that ended up becoming king was the one that his father didn't even bother calling to come. I mean, here comes Samuel. Jesse, one of your sons is going to be the next king. Oh, let me go get them all. But he gets them all except for David. David. Why, you know, not even his own father ever suspected that he could be the next king. And Samuel learned a great lesson that day that God doesn't see things the way you and I see things. You and I, we look at things in a completely different way than God does. And Samuel learned a great lesson that day. And sometimes there's been lessons I've learned just through things I've faced in my own life experiences that i've had things that i've seen you all could you all could tell the same thing in your own life just things that you learned from experiences things that you maybe mistakes that you made and after you did it you know the lord spoke to you about that and he showed you something that maybe where you were thinking wrong or something that you were doing wrong and you but you have to pay attention to that it's amazing how many things you know will come up in people's lives and it's like they don't learn from it. you know. For example, you know, you can have, and I, I, I know people like this who they will go. I, I there was one guy in particular. One day he comes into work and his face is all mangled. The whole side of his face is all mangled. What happened? I was drunk, and I was walking home and I fell and I hit my face on a curb. Okay, great life lesson there. Don't get drunk. Don't drink. Did he learn that lesson? Nope. Right? I think God maybe was trying to speak to him a little bit. You know, hey, don't do that type of thing. And it's amazing how many people will have similar things happen in their life and they don't learn from it. They don't they why cuz they're not listening to God. God wants to teach you things. Through that, he'll let us get hurt sometimes. I mean, I'm sure every parent in here there's probably been a time in your life where you saw your children doing something that they shouldn't do and you thought, "You know, I'm going to let them get hurt." You know, you know, it's not going to be bad. I'm going to let them get hurt a little bit so they can learn their lesson. And you're, why do you let that happen? You're trying to teach them something. And then they get hurt and they come crying to you. You give them some sympathy and then you try to tell them, hey, do you know why this happened? Alright, you know, you... That's why we tell you not to do these things. That's why we tell you, you know, you shouldn't do that. You know, that's why we tell you don't stick your finger in the light sockets. You know, that's why, you know, you 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 try to teach them on that. You hope they learn something. And God does the same thing with us. He will let things happen to us sometimes because He's trying to get a message across because sometimes we're kind of clueless, aren't we? The Bible says in Psalms, He says, I will instruct thee and teach thee, and the way which thou shalt go, I will guide thee with mine eye. And I think parents, we all know what that's talking about, because you've probably, you've seen me do it here with my kids. Sometimes I got to try to give them, I try to give them the eye. You just look at them and you give them that dirty look. You know, straighten up, and you're what I'm guiding them with my eye. Change what you're doing. You see this look on my face, and if that doesn't work, then later you got to do more drastic measures to change that behavior. And God will sometimes He will try to guide us with His eye. But if we're not paying attention, then sometimes it's got to get a little more you know, he's got to get a little more involved. And trying to teach us something. So life situations, even in nature, God tries to teach us things. Psalms 19.1 the heavens declare the glory of God, and the firmament showeth his handy work day unto day, uttereth speech. Night unto night showeth knowledge. You realize those stars in the sky are saying something, but we don't notice those things. You know, I mean, when was the last time you just you went and looked at the stars? We don't do that today. We we just we don't do that type of thing. I I love our house. You know, being out in the country. I mean, I cannot believe the stars. When I when I get up in the middle of the night to go to work, I mean, sometimes we'll go out and you can see so many stars. It's just beautiful. And there's been times that we've just laid outside and looked at the stars. It is, it's a beautiful thing. And you know, when I see that, it just screams out, Creator. There is a God. I don't know how anybody can just look at nature and not believe in a God. And I mean, it it screams it. It declares it. It uttereth knowledge. And then it says, there is no speech, nor language where their voice is not heard. I mean, it can be seen and heard everywhere. Their line has gone out through all the earth. I mean, the world should know that there's a God. God gave us this magnificent planet, put us in this marvelous universe, because He's trying to speak to us. He's trying to get a message that there is a God. There is a Creator. There is a message that's there in those stars. And it's not something we figure out by how they all line up and connecting dots and reading horoscopes and things like that or whatever. It's simply that there is a Creator. And not just that there's a Creator, but that He is all-powerful. To be able to do what He did is beyond our comprehension. It ought to put us in awe of God. It ought us to be amazed and in wonder, and it's amazing how many people don't think nothing of it. That live in the same planet and in the same universe that we do, and they think that there is no God. How could they think that? They're not listening. I mean, you, you go to the average teenager, twenty something year old, and ask them, "Have you ever just looked at the stars?" I mean, I you no. Know, if, if they did. If they laid out to even go look at the stars, it wouldn't be two minutes. They'd have their cell phones out looking. You know, they can't do it. We're so distracted by everything, and you look at what's going on in the world. It's like and the people. Oh, I don't. I don't believe there is any God. You know, and it's because we're so distracted, we can't hear His voice. God speaks in a still small voice. You may remember Elijah. He he was there, and he was hiding in that cleft of the rock. And the Lord is getting ready to speak to him. You know, there was a whirlwind that came, a tornado. Okay? And boy, is that God speaking? But the Bible says the Lord wasn't in the whirlwind. That'll get your attention, won't it? I believe that was the devil sending that along. There was a fire. You know, fires always get people's attention. But the Lord wasn't in the fire. And then the Bible says finally, Elijah, he went and he wrapped his face in his mantle. And this is just my opinion. But I believe he wrapped his face in that mantle. He goes inside the cave. You know what I think he was doing? He was trying to block out all those distractions that the devil was sending his way. And then, after he did that, the Lord spoke to him in a still, small voice. Some of us, you know, we need to wrap our face up in something. We need to go find a cave somewhere to hide in. Because we're so distracted that we can't hear God speak. And He wants to speak to us. We're so distracted by everything. Even if you make it a point to come and sit in service you've got so many things going through your mind you're you're worried about so much stuff god just can't speak to you we can't concentrate in prayer for 5 minutes because we're so distracted by everything and you got to understand that you're like well that's just the culture that's not okay okay our god wants to speak to us and we need to let him we need to make it a point to do whatever we've got to do to get rid of those distractions and say, "All right, Lord, I am ready. Lord, speak to me," and you better do it in 15 minutes because I got an appointment. No, you can't do that. You can't do that. And so let God let God speak to you. He wants He wants to do that. He'll speak in these places and really just anywhere and everywhere. There's so many ways that God can speak to you, but you have to be paying attention. So let's all stand together right now.